Welcome to the Gap Church Podcast, where we're filling the gap through freedom and the truth. Please enjoy this week's message. We are technically still in mind games, technically. But today I want to, I want to take us into a new dimension. And we're going to talk about the voice of God. See, we started off mind games by talking about a different kind of voice. But for the next couple of weeks, we are going to be talking about the voice of God. Tell your neighbor the voice of God. And today, my title is the title of this sermon, however you want to title it, teaching. I titled this Encounters and Lifestyles. Encounters and Lifestyle. So you ask yourself, what does that mean? Why are we talking about encounters and lifestyles when we're talking about the voice of God? Please be patient with me. So what is an encounter? An encounter is an unexpected or casual experience with someone or something. An encounter is to be unexpected, is to unexpectedly experience or be faced with something difficult or hostile. That's an encounter. So what is an encounter with God? An encounter or experience with God is is a supernatural manifestation of God's presence in your life. It is out of the ordinary. And it is often marked by some kind of physical sense of God. So an encounter with God is a supernatural manifestation of God's presence. A lot of us say we had an encounter, but we are still the same. You cannot have an encounter and stay the same. Because even if your mind wants to take you back to the things you had, you were doing before that encounter, An encounter is so real that you cannot deny it happened. An encounter is so real that you cannot tell somebody else what you experienced. An encounter is personal. Keep going. So what is a lifestyle? A lifestyle is the way in which a person or group of people live their life. It's very simple. A lifestyle is the way a group, of, a group or a person decide to live their life. This is how I want to do my thing. This is how I want to go about my day. It's a lifestyle. So what does this have to do with the voice of God? 
All right, let's start the journey. Genesis chapter 6, Genesis chapter 7, Genesis chapter 8, Genesis chapter 9. We see a man called Noah. Noah had an encounter. An encounter is so important in your Christian journey. But if you stop at an encounter, your Christian journey will be short-lived. An encounter is very important. But if you get stuck in the phase of an encounter, your testimony will not be full. Noah had an encounter. God appeared to him and told him, I want to destroy the world. I'm good. I need you to build an ark. And Noah started with the ark. He took all the specifications God gave him and he didn't hear from God again. A lot of us have had an encounter but because that encounter's experience is not continuous, we lose faith. You see, but Noah, for some weird reason, he continued to push on till he was done building the ark. And then God spoke to him again. Now, when I say it this way, you think God spoke to him today, and then tomorrow God spoke to him and told him, these are the animals and everything. No, according to some theologians, it took... Noah, 150 years to build the ark. Can you be sustained with one experience with God for 150 years? God tells you, go. You get no other further explanation from him for 150 years. Even when, as we are here, I tell one, for example, I'll tell one of us, Take the key and go to the car and get something for me. You're already impatient. What do you want me to get for you? You just told me to take your key. What is in the car for me? Go first. But a lot of us, our patience cannot last five minutes. Talk more or less 150 years. I'll be quick. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Enoch had an encounter. Genesis chapter 5, verse 22. Abraham had multiple encounters. Every time the Lord wanted to speak to him, the Lord will call him out. The Lord will call him out. The Lord will call him out. It's like Abraham's encounters was always God calling him out of something. But Abraham was so was very frequent compared to Noah's. For, so for some people, you have the capacity to have multiple encounters. Isaac had an encounter. In the entirety of scripture, I only read one time that God spoke to Isaac. I spent my time looking for where else did God speak to Isaac except in Genesis chapter 26, when God told him about the famine and not to move. No other place in scripture I was able to find where else God spoke to Isaac. So Isaac was living off the encounters of his father. Genesis chapter 
Jacob had an encounter in Genesis chapter 28 at Bethel. He had another encounter at Peniel when he was leaving Laban's house or after he left Laban's house. Nowhere else does the scripture tell us that Jacob had an encounter. And mark that Jacob's example because we'll come back to it. Moses had an encounter in the burning bush. Joshua had an encounter after Moses passed away. David had an encounter. The prophets, as powerful as Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel all were, they all had encounters. You tell me why. Okay. Because Jesus Christ said, of all born of women, none of the prophets were greater than John the Baptist. So if John the Baptist only experienced encounters, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Daniel, Ezekiel, and each and every one of them all had encounters. Okay. So, that was all encounter. Now we're going to lifestyle. Jesus did not have an encounter. Jesus, hearing the voice of God, was a lifestyle. Everything he did, he said, the book of John, the Bible tells us, what I do, what I see my father doing. It was not momentary. He didn't have to pray. You see, Daniel's own. Every time Daniel wanted to know what God wanted to say, Daniel had to go pray. Jesus didn't have to pray. He knew. Lifestyle is a knowing. It's not a moment. I don't have to tell you to brush your teeth. It's a lifestyle that you know once you wake up and you're about to go out, you brush your teeth and you take a shower. It's a lifestyle. I don't have to tell you Wait for a moment or an encounter so you can go eat. You know that once your stomach does, you go eat. It's a lifestyle. You don't need anything to remind you. You don't need anything to prompt you. You don't need anything to push you. A lifestyle is something that you are. The apostles was a lifestyle. Paul was a lifestyle. Although Paul started with an encounter on his journey to Damascus. And that encounter birthed a lifestyle. For Paul, him having angelic encounters was normal. He was not praying. He would be on a boat and rain is falling and there's a storm and angel will appear to him and go. Now, what are the dangers of encounters or lifestyles? If you stay at an encounter, you, you fall into the temptation or the trap of falling into cycles. See, when you only want an encounter and you miss your encounter, you go into a cycle. Jacob missed his encounter and he paid for it for 21 years. Yeah. 
When you have only encounters and you get stuck in an encounter, you will have, there's a high like, likelihood of you paying a price of time. If Jacob knew, the Bible tells us when he woke up, he said, ah, the Lord was here and I did not know it. How many of you has God appeared to you and you did not know it? Genesis chapter 28. That's where we see Jacob miss his encounter. The challenge of encounters is that an encounter can give you a false sense of arrival. First Samuel chapter 10. First Samuel chapter 10, verse 10. When they came there to the hill, there was a group of prophets to meet him. Then the Spirit of God came upon him and he prophesied among them. This was talking about Saul. Saul had an encounter. He came amongst the midst of prophets. He started prophesying. And then if we go further down the book of First Samuel, we see something happen to Saul. He, they needed to hear from God. And they were waiting for Samuel. And Samuel became, and Saul became who? What? Very impatient. Encounters can make you become impatient. And because Saul felt he has prophesied, you know, Lord, he has been anointed, he decided to offer the sacrifice himself. An encounter can give you a false sense of office. You start acting in an office that you do not have permission to act in because you have had an encounter. Forgetting that an encounter is just a momentary experience. But you need something else to push you and keep you going. An encounter can be missed. You can miss it. You see, there's one thing to forget or be oblivious to something going on. In Luke chapter 19, verse 41 to 44, Jesus cried for Jerusalem. Let us open our Bibles there. Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19. From verse 41. Now, as he drew near, he saw the city and he wept over it, saying, If you had known, even you, especially in this your day, the things that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from you, from your eyes. For days will come upon you when your enemies will build an, embank an embankment around you, surround you and close you in every, on every side, and level you and your children within you to the ground, and they will not leave and they will not leave in you one stone upon another because you did not know the time of your visitation. That is the danger of just staying, getting stuck in an encounter. Now what is the danger of just getting stuck in a lifestyle? See, everything has pros and cons. The biggest challenge 
with a lifestyle of hearing the voice of God is over familiarity. <laughs> ah, it's God. Yeah, you'll be fine. The same Luke chapter 12, verse 10. Luke chapter 12. And anyone who speaks a, a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. But to him who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven. Forget about the blood of Jesus. And praying some, using Psalm 51 to pray. Don't work. If you sin against the Holy Spirit, it is done. There are many things you can ask God for forgiveness for. But you cannot ask God for forgiveness when it comes to his spirit. Numbers chapter 20. You want to see the price for grieving the Holy Spirit of God? Numbers chapter 20, verse 10. And Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock. And he said to them, Hear now, you rebels, must we bring water for you out of this rock? Then Moses lifted his hands and struck the rock twice with his rod. And water came out abundantly. And the congregation and the animals drank. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not believe me to hallow me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I have given them. When you grieve the Holy Spirit, you cut short the promise God gave you. Although God told Moses, Moses, you will take the children of Israel into the promised land. Because he grieved the spirit of God, that promise was withdrawn. So, my point to us this day is you cannot live in an encounter and you cannot live in a lifestyle. You need to have both. Jesus had an encounter. You tell me how. When he was baptized, the heavens opened. That was an encounter. Upon the Mount of Transfiguration, he went up to pray. And Elijah and Moses appeared. And his, and his form was, renewed, was, was transformed. That was an encounter. But it did not take away Jesus from living the lifestyle of hearing the Spirit of God. As you go with the lifestyle, the lifestyle reinforces the promises from the encounter. The lifestyle gives you the assurance that the encounter you had was not fake. The lifestyle gives you an assurance that even if someone tries to dissuade you from the encounter and tell you that the encounter you had is a lie, you keep moving because the voice of the Holy Spirit will keep reminding you, I am with you. How do we know from the life of Moses when he told God, who should I tell people of, who should I tell Pharaoh sent me? 
He said, I am. And every time Moses went before Pharaoh, he carried that conviction of I am is sending me. Jesus has sent us. He has sent you and I. And he gave us a promise. So now, how in all of this, how do you hear the voice of God? I'm going to steal from one of the many people and this scripture in 1 Samuel chapter 3. Please open your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 3. And this is where we're going to understand the voice of God. Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. And it came to pass at that time, while Eli was, lay, was lying down in his, in his place, and when his eyes began to grow so dim that he could not see, and before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was lying down, the Lord God called Samuel. And he answered, Here I am. So he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And he said, I did not call. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. Then the Lord called yet again, Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And he answered, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you did call me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord God, that the Lord had called the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down. And it shall be, if he calls you, that you must say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. So how do you hear the voice of God? Number one, the voice of God will sound to you like the person you regard the most. So who do you regard? I want to hear the voice of God. I want to hear the voice of God, but you regard nobody in your life. Yeah. Eli had a biological father, but he called Eli. Samuel had a biological father, but he called Eli father. See one thing that is killing our generation? We do not understand the role of spiritual mentors and spiritual fathers. We want to understand and hear the voice of God, but we don't want to subject ourselves to spiritual mentorship. You will never hear the voice of God. God is a God of order. You can't go around his process.
in, in the news, he says, I have said, I think book of Jeremiah, we always quote it during pastor's appreciation day, I have said before you pastors and teachers. God has said them before you, but if you do not regard them, because God speaks to them, to you, through them. And until the moment where you now mature to fully understand what they are saying that is directly from God, that is when God starts speaking to you directly. A great renowned minister of God in this area said, and I quote, paraphrasing, the voice of God starts sounding to you like the person closest to you until you eventually mature to understand the voice of God yourself. Eli had to teach. Samuel had to understand Eli's voice that it was not Eli but God. And he took the mentor to tell him what you're hearing is in your head. And that voice you're hearing in your head is not me. It is God. You're hearing voices. But who are you accountable to that can direct you and tell you that the voice you're hearing is the devil or the voice you're hearing is God? No accountability no direction. So today you listen to the voice of the devil and then tomorrow you listen to the voice of God. In your, in your head, it is all in your mind. We need to be careful as believers. How else do you hear the voice of God? You hear the voice of God by studying the word. We all know that. But how do you understand what you're studying if there is nobody to guide you in what you're studying? Or we hear the voice of God by praying. How do you know that the voice you heard while you were praying was not the deceiving spirit? By having what? Accountability. You hear something, you run to your Eli. Who is your Eli? You run to your Eli, this is what I heard. Go back and sleep. You run again to your Eli, this is what I heard. Go back and sleep. Eli's are there. Now, here is the challenging part about Eli. Eli does not need to be favored by God. Eli just needs to have worked with God. To understand the patterns and the ways of God. I don't like that minister. I don't like that person. They didn't treat me very well. Guess what? You're missing out on your portion. If Eli, if Samuel became offended with Eli because of what his sons were doing, when God called him, he would never have understood it. How many people have you cut off because they offended you? 
people has God set in your life as fathers, as mentors, to guide you through this thing called life so that you will understand how to work with the Holy Spirit? But you've cut them off. If they, if they can hear God while their children wayward, is that your business? Your business is not their children. Your business is the voice of God. A lot of us have shut the doors in our destinies because we've walked away from relationships we shall keep. If you don't want, if there is nothing else you want to be there for, be there because you want to learn and understand the voice of God. John chapter 16. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will not take of what is mine and declare it. For he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. The Holy Spirit is there to teach you. But because of our frailty and our weakness, as being humans, God expends his energy on us by sending us to others. So that when we come back to him, he doesn't have to deal with the foundation because the foundation has been taken care of. Imagine Eli was not there. Let's just take Eli out of the example. And Samuel was alone in the temple of God. And he runs and tells some stranger, I keep hearing somebody call me, but I can't see anybody. How is that sounding like to us right now? Huh? What is that called in medical, medical, medical terminologies? Psychosis. Dara, did you call me? He will say no. Okay. Dara, did you call me? He will say no. Ah, is America okay? <laughs> but when you have someone that God has placed in your life to guide you and direct you, when you run to them, Dara, did you call me? He will say no the first time. The second time, Dara, did you call me? He will say no. The third time you ask him, Dara, did you call me? He'll start looking at you weird. But because he knows how God moves, he will not say you are having something wrong up there. He will withdraw into the spirit and discern that this is the pattern in which God uses to call his children. And he will tell you, when you hear the voice again, 
don't tell anybody. You see, the danger with hearing the voice of God is that we've heard it, but we told the wrong people. Eli said to him, don't come back to me. Rather, you say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. For many of us, we have been hearing the voice. But because we were not telling the right people, we have silenced the voice. But you keep praying every day, Lord, speak to me. But he has spoken. But you did not hear. Because you told the wrong person what he said. Encounters and what? Ananias and Sapphira wanted to take advantage of a lifestyle. Many of us walk with God and we're like, God, this person is treating me wrong. God, this person is not treating me right. God, this person is lying to you. If you are walking in the right path, the Holy Spirit will take care of the liars around you. Because when you hear his voice, his voice is not for your personal gain. His voice is always for an assignment. And anything that stands against the assignment of God in your life, God himself will take it upon himself to deal with that situation. Because the Bible says, I will build my church. Every assignment God gives you is part of his church. And the gates of hell will not prevail. God is not in the business of building your assignment. God is not in the business of building your church. He's in the business of building his church. So do you really want to be part of that agenda? Or do you just want to hear the voice of God for selfish reasons? So you know when your boss at work is mad at you. No. He has given you the spirit of discernment to know when to speak to that annoying boss. He didn't give you the, the gift of tongues and the prayer of tongues to crush your enemies. He gave you the gift of tongues to edify the body of Christ. He didn't give you prophecy to see the enemy. He gave you prophecy to tell the body about what his agenda is in that time and in that season. Everything that God does is for a purpose. My analogy is God is a businessman. He only engages in investments that brings him profit. So if you want him to speak to you, the reason you want him to speak to you, will he give God profit? If it won't, he will not speak to you. And his assignment is souls that none will perish. Let us rise on our feet. Before we pray, I would like us to Samuel hearing the voice of God was because Samuel was dedicated. His parents gave him up to God. 
have you dedicated yourself to God? Are you born again? If you're not, you will not hear his voice. Whether you are here or online, Lord, I truly want to hear your voice, but I'm not part of the family. I want you to bow your heads where you are and pray this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for redeeming me. Thank you for paying the price to bring me back into the fold. I believe, Lord Jesus, that you died for me and that you rose again. Lord, make my life anew. That my life will truly be a testimony in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And last, I would like us to pray. We are in a season of war. Not just as a church. And not spiritually, but also physically. We are, we are at what? War. If you think I'm lying, go look at Israel and Palestine right now. In Palestine right now, we're at war. If that conflict continues to go on, the U.S. will get involved. So whether you want to see it from a spiritual standpoint, or you want to see it from a physical standpoint, we are at war. But the beauty of a soldier in the war front is that when the general gives a command, you know the voice of your general. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. The voice of a stranger they will not hear. But a lot of us are at war for God, but we don't know his voice. So we are carrying out the enemy's instructions in our own camp. Because you must hear a voice. It's not that I don't hear anything. No, no, no. I'm telling you that you are hearing something. So now it's your decision whether it's the voice of God or it's the voice of your mind or the voice of the enemy. So now I want you to pray for yourself, for everyone surrounding you, your family members, your loved ones, your husband, your wife, your parents, your children, whatever, whatever class you find yourself in, I want you to pray right now. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I will not hear wrong voices. I will not be carried away by the enemy's wiles. I will not be carried away by his deceit. I will not fall for his temptation. I will not fall for his, for his, for his, evil, for his evil tactics. Father, I pray for myself. I pray for my loved ones. I pray right now, Lord Jesus, the next time you call, Lord, I will hear. Jesus mighty name we pray in Jesus mighty name we pray father I pray for you we pray as a family 
we pray as a family. And by the authority, Lord, upon and the grace upon this altar, I pray for them. Father, every voice that is not of you, that anyone under the sound of my voice has been hearing, today is the last day you will hear that voice again. Father, we receive you, the mind of Christ. Father, we receive the mind of Christ. Father, from today we will have multiple encounters. And Lord, we will live a lifestyle. Everyone, please place your hands on your head. And prophesy. Decree, prophesy to yourself. Prophesy. 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 You that hear that, you, there's a voice that wakes you up every night. And you know it's not the voice of God. As we all pray right now, that voice is silenced. There is someone in this part of the, the auditorium, this side of the auditorium. The voice has been telling you that your time is almost up. But I am here to prophesy to you and into your life that you shall not die. There's also someone in this side of the auditorium. There's a voice telling you you're about to make a mistake. As you lay your hands on your head and you prophesy into your life, I decree that every, everything that you are, every step you are taking right now shall be for your success. someone under the sound of my voice as I hear I speak, the dry bones shall rise again. Every dry bone of relationships, every dry bone of relationships, every dry bone of relationship that has been dead in your life is coming back to life.
there's actually someone under the sound of my voice. You don't have a mentor. And I'll repeat what I hear. Because you have no one to guide you, the enemy has been telling you your life will make no meaning. That you will end up like your family members. I'll leave it at that. But I'm here to prophesy into that person's life. Because you have stepped your foot here. I bring you into the ministry of sonship. From today, God will not just be your father, but you will have somebody that the Lord will direct you to to father you. decree life Lord your word says in John 10 10 that the enemy comes to steal kill and destroy but that you have come to give life and life in the abundance therefore Lord upon that word I decree and I prophesy life life into every mind life into every destiny life into every soul life into every destiny into every, into every career Lord I decree life in the name of Jesus. Father, everything that is dead or dying, Lord, by the power in the name of Jesus, it comes back to life right now. Father, as we prophesy unto ourselves, as we pray for ourselves, Father, nothing is permitted to die anymore around us. In the name of Jesus. Father, nothing is permitted to die anymore around us. In the name of Jesus. My God, I declare and prophesy the grace to conceive and the grace to carry through. The grace to birth. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I decree upon everyone under the sound of my voice. In the name of Jesus Christ. Every vision, Lord, the grace to conceive, the grace to carry, the grace to birth. Every relationship, the grace to conceive, the grace to carry, the grace to birth. Lord, every promise, the grace to conceive, the grace to carry, the grace to birth. Thank you, precious. Father. Thank you for tuning in to the Gap Church podcast. We hope this message blessed you. If you made that choice to give your life to Christ, congratulations. We celebrate you. Don't forget to text SAVED to 817-382-2244. Again, text SAVED to 817-382-2244. Thank you so much and have a blessed week.